Hello. Knowing what God wants you to do is only 10% of Christianity. The other 90% is getting over your fears and actually acting upon what God tells you to do. We discuss that and more today on The Deep End. The Deep End Podcast. Welcome to The Deep End Podcast, brought to you by Waters Church in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. The Deep End is where we go deeper in the scriptures to empower our walk with God. If you're watching on Facebook Live, we're glad you joined us, and we encourage you to be a part of the conversation in the comments below. If you're listening in on SoundCloud or your podcast app, be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's go live to Pastor Tim Hatch as we get started with today's podcast. This is The Deep End. Welcome, 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 everybody, back to The Deep End Podcast on Facebook Live at 12 noon every Wednesday. We're glad that you have joined us. We hope that you are enjoying this podcast. I'm enjoying doing it. And would you please welcome back into the studio up here on the third floor of Waters Church offices, the great, the one, the only, Chris McEwen, oh boy. Director of Pastoral Care. Hello. Next to Chris, we have... What's his name? What's his name again? <laughs> I'm just not going to have a name this time. You're know? not going to have a name. Just, no. We'll, just, we'll call you Chris's sidekick. No. No. Brandon. 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 Yes. Brandon Back Bavars. again. Back again. The man who yeah. was so inspirational in that moment on stage. Yes. Oh, thank you. And you do that incredible, um, uh, what is that called? Spoken, Spoken word, word part yeah. of our song there, Forever Hope. Thank you. That great, was great job. That was fun to do. Yeah. You did a really good job. Everybody on, everybody watching online, everybody at Waters Church who watches the podcast or listens, watches the Facebook Live or listens to the podcast, uh, I want to say thank you so much for encouraging us about this podcast and what you're getting out of it. You know, um, two weeks in, I was like, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, what are we doing every week? We got to do this now. And your your compliments <laughs> and your encouragement are like life uh, to our bones. So thank you so much. We uh, hope that it's making a difference in your life and that you, you're you benefiting from uh, paying attention to what goes on here. Um, we had said last week that there would be a special interview with our new campus pastors today. That's not happening today. So here's what's going to happen, though. In two weeks from today, we will play that interview. Hmm. Uh, and they will be uh, in the studio with us. We, it's, it's pre-recorded, so just make sure you're aware of that. But two weeks from today, we will have them here telling us their story about how God uh, helped them conquer the, the mountain of fear right. and take the step of faith to start these campuses. And it's just a couple of weeks before they launch, right? It is. That's perfect. Yeah. It's like 10 days before they launch. Wow. I think. That's 11 exciting. days. Whatever. And it's really exciting. Yes. So a uh, couple things that are going on just relative to the time of the year. Kids are back in school. Well, my kids are back in school. Yeah. We you, don't have kids. I've got no kids. kids. No. Brandon and I are going to adopt. No. Yeah. <laughs> adopt kids and put them in school. Okay. There yes. you go. For, for this, this year. For this year. Yeah. yeah. That's a little, a little bit too late, maybe. Wait till next year. <laughs> Hurricanes are everywhere. No. What is going on? The weather is going crazy. Like two, two, an hour ago, it was like 7.30 at night here. And now <laughs> downpouring, sun is back yeah. out. Pouring rain. So the weather is going crazy around the America. And I wanted to say something. Can I say something about this? I, I think you can. Can I? I, I think, think you can. Thank you, Chris, since you're in the studio with me. You're in the studio to say yes. Please. I'll allow it. <laughs> but I was just thinking about how these hurricanes, I think these hurricanes, and we got this Irma one coming up now. Mm -hmm. And I'm praying, you know, I don't want anything bad to happen. I really sure. don't. And it's really terrible that how many people uh, died with um, Harvey. Harvey. 
But 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 I would almost like to say, and I would almost like to suggest, I think these hurricanes are God's way of saying to America, sit down and shut up. <laughs> like enough of the rallies, enough of the outrage, the commotion for mm-hmm. no reason, and yeah. Like free speech rallies, anti-Marxism rallies, anti-fascism rallies. We have rallies about things that will never happen. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm against, you know, you eliminating free speech. Okay, it's in the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> to get that removed from the Constitution is going to take a pretty serious act on Congress, and they barely can do anything. Um, <laughs> you know, so, and then this anti-fascism, anti-white supremacist, all this stuff. It's like, hey, if you know, like, that one white supremacist in your neighborhood who probably drives a, a small little broken down 1995 Ford Ranger with oversized tires <laughs> and has a Nazi flag in his bedroom, which happens to be in his mother's basement. And you want to get upset about that dude, that moron, that loser. Go ahead. We don't need to make a huge deal out of this. <laughs> anyway, that might not be politically correct, but I just felt like I had to say it. Maybe, maybe God's just kind of like saying, hey, come together as a nation again. Love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Here's some hurricanes. <laughs> can't control it yeah. i mean again i don't want to make light of these because these are no. these are devastating they're devastating but and puts, our prayers are with them it puts yes. things into perspective it definitely puts things into perspective you know sometimes life you know we have it so good we forget how good we have it right yeah amen and you know we our prayers are with uh texas our prayers are with uh florida puerto rico mm-hmm. and those areas right oh, now getting means. about to get hit right and we don't want anything bad to happen we don't no um with that in mind, we did raise money this weekend yeah. for Hurricane Harvey Relief. $13,000 That's great. is going to go down there. So we're excited about that, supporting the ARC churches down in, tech, uh, down in Texas. And, and then we'll be ready to step up should Irma mm-hmm. be a pain in the neck. But anyway, um, also, no First Wednesday tonight. For those of you who go to Waters Church, tonight, no First Wednesday. We don't usually do First Wednesday in September. It's back to school season. It's crazy. It's hard to get the kids and everybody out. But here's what we are going to do. September 20th is a big day. So September 20th, Wednesday, tune into the pod, tune into Facebook Live at 12 noon for the interview with Stephen Jim, the campus pastors in Winsocket, Milford. Mm-hmm. And that night, come to First Wednesday on the third Wednesday. What are we calling it? Sensday. Sensday. <laughs> Sensday. And why are we calling it that? Why are we calling it Sensday? Because we are sending these guys out. That's right. To plant these two churches. So, clever. Yeah. So I, I didn't don't come, come up with the name. I didn't yeah. come up with that either. <laughs> uh, copyright Steve Fiella to that. Well, Sends day. If you don't like it. Like so, it. If you like that idea, send money to him. <laughs> he needs money. He needs money. But no, that's uh, Sends day. So this is going to be officially called our first Sends day mm. on the third Wednesday of September. So everybody mark your calendars for September 20th. Big yeah, day. It is. You're going to love that yes, day. Come out. And there won't be one the following month, so you definitely want to come. Right. right. There's nothing in, there's no first Wednesday in October. So yeah. this one, this uh, September 20th, Wednesday night service, Sensday night service, will be a nice little comfortable place between August first Wednesday and November first Wednesday. That's great. And speaking on the last first Wednesday, the Holy Spirit just flooded this place. Beautiful. Beautiful moment. Yeah. Um, I had a guy tell me on Sunday, and this is why you need to go to First Wednesday or Sensday in this case. That he he came forward for prayer, and you know the Holy Spirit was just ministering to people like crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he said that he, the Lord, while he was just lifting his hands and looking up to heaven, the Lord just showed him this vision of this black cloud leaving his body. Wow! And then like 
just this light coming back in and it was like yeah that's amazing that's but, god oh, yeah. <laughs> changing yeah. you supernaturally and i think that we often forget that and we're talking about first corinthians about the wisdom of the world and the intellect and all that stuff last week and how you know we want to think about how can we argue people in the kingdom of god we can't can't do it it's a supernatural event by which somebody gets saved right somebody gets converted from living for themselves to living for this guy named jesus who lived two thousand years ago mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i mean it's amazing to see this happen in people's lives. And so anyway, that was a powerful story and a powerful testimony of what happens on our first Wednesday. And it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. No, we see things like that every first Wednesday. Every first Wednesday. And every first Wednesday is like, I see it happen and I'm like, um, next Wednesday, next first Wednesday, that won't be nearly as good. Right. And it's like better. Always. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I guess God is actually more powerful than we think. Yeah. So We should uh, shut up and pay attention. Maybe we should. Yeah. New series starting up this weekend on the weekend at Waters Church. It's called Breaking Murphy's Law. So uh, we've, we've, we've tagged this with, you know, hey, come break the law with us at Waters Church. <laughs> no. Waters Church wants to encourage you to break the law. But what, what law? Yeah, Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. Murphy's law. What, what is Murphy's Law? Anything can go wrong will go wrong. That's right. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Or, and there's lots of variations to that law. Mm-hmm. But um, so... In a time in which our country can say uh, can see so many negative things happen, it's time for the church to be what it should be: people of faith, people of positivity, people right. who expect God to do great things in the middle of hardships. Right. So, I'm excited about that. That's going to start this this weekend. Breaking Murphy's Law. It was on my heart to kind of inject some faith into our church while we start these two campuses. And mm. yeah, I say that because every time I tell people that we're starting two campuses on one day, they laugh at me. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They laugh. All my pastor friends are like, two? <laughs> you nuts. Yeah, we're nuts. But God is good. That's right. God yes. is all powerful. So we're going to get back into this study on 1 Corinthians. You guys are enjoying this? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. I'm enjoying it. 1 Corinthians, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Paul the Apostle writes this letter in the first century, about 52 AD, to a church in the city of Corinth on the Itmus uh, of, an, of a Greek peninsula. It is a powerful city, is an important city, the third largest city in the Roman Empire at the time. And he's writing to these very influential, very, you know, kind of like snobby Christians over there in Corinth. And, um, you know, the, the one thing that a lot of church people do, and they do this all the time, and pastors do this a lot too. We do this. We're always talking about, oh, we got to get back to how the first century church was. We got to get back to the early church. We always compare our time to their time. Like there was this like glorified, you know, golden age of the church in the first century. Mm -hmm. And and we are so terrible and messed up and screwed up today. Have you read the New Testament? (laughs) Like (laughs) these churches were messed up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I saw somebody say, you know, things that the early church didn't complain about, things you never heard the early church say, like, oh, how's the music? How's the how's the worship? How's the preaching at that church? Yeah, that, no, they didn't say that, but they said things like in Acts chapter 6, how come my widows aren't getting the food like those widows are? You know, or <laughs> in, in 1 Corinthians, they were going to the Lord's table and getting drunk and not letting the poor people come to the Lord's table at all. Right. And uh, it was like, yeah, let's let's get back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, don't ever glorify or glamorize the early church. Uh, God is doing incredible things in his church today. Right. Make it better. Yep. Yeah. And I think we got to celebrate that and uh, not bemoan the church. There is too much complaining about the church today. We got to be more positive about the church. Sure. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the kingdom of hell will not, or the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So, you know, do we believe that or not? Yeah, we do. I mean, we got to believe it. We have to. We have to believe that. So... 
We're going to get back into 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you're with us on your Bibles, open your Bibles, open your smartphones, or just listen to me say it. (laughs) The first five verses, very short today, so very short talk. It was going to be much shorter, but then as I started to dig into this, it went a lot deeper than I thought. So um, the title today, if you want to write down the title of the podcast, it's Don't Let Fear Call the Shots. Can we put that graphic up there? Don't Let Fear Call the Shots. That's good. As a Christian, and even if you're not a Christian, this talk will help you only so much, but it will help you. It'll help you in some ways. You can, you can, you can get some benefit, even if you're not a Christian from this talk, but if you're a Christian, you're going to really get benefit. And so here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Paul says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, and this is on the heels of him talking about how the worldly wisdom is, you know, doomed to pass. Um, uh, it, the worldly wisdom will not get you saved and all that kind of stuff and stop comparing yourself to other people and following this guy or that guy because of what he says and who you think smarter than everybody. And we talked about that with Albert, Albert. over here. Yes. You saw Hi, the shelf way back here Still now. In the Albert's way down there. I think he's being blocked. By he's, me. Yeah, he's being blocked. <laughs> yeah, that's what we think of you, Albert. Yeah. We're going to block you. <laughs> no, come on. Another time. <laughs> so he says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Mm. And this is a great verse here, which I think doesn't get a lot of attention in this text, but should. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yeah. So that's the text we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about not letting fear call the shots in your life. And you know what jumped off the page to me with this text this week was, was this first, uh, this, this line in verse three. I was with you when, in other words, you know, if you read the book of Acts, when you, when you consider what Paul did, that, that tells us what Paul did in his missionary journeys, going from city to city to city, planting these churches. Uh, Thessalonica, Berea, you know, tried to do one in Athens, didn't go so well, went to Corinth, planted a church there. But he talks about how when he showed up here, when he's like, hey, when I came to you guys, that's what he's talking about here in verse one of chapter two. Right. Uh, when I came to you, I didn't come with lofty speech or persuasive wisdom. He said, I came to you knowing nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He's like, I made this decision, you know, uh, strategically so that you wouldn't put your faith in my way of saying it, but rather in the message that was being proclaimed because the message is enough. The message is enough. Hey, Christians watching on Facebook, the message is enough. It's not about the charisma of the preacher or the style of the preacher or your favorite preacher. It's not about that. No. Water Church, we don't play that game. You're going to just come to church because every week at church, you get to hear from God through his word. Hear the truth. Amen. So it's not about the deliverer. It's about the message delivered. Amen. Doesn't come back forward. And, uh, you know, I was watching the comments last week on Facebook after the podcast. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of amens. Good. A lot, yes. A lot of amen. There's more amens on the it. Facebook Live moment than in the church moment during <laughs> worship on Sunday. There really is. <laughs> so you ameners on Facebook, open your mouths on the weekend and say amen while I'm preaching. Hallelujah. Bring your voice to the weekend. Automatically, the va- the, the level of preaching goes up by 2% with every amen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is that a personal thing? Or? <laughs> <laughs> it's a personal thing. Okay. It's something that I've made up. 90% of statistics are made up on the spot. So there you go. <laughs> Um, so he says, I was with you in fear. Wait, was that, I'm a, sorry. A, that was a statistic in itself. Yes. I like that. It's good. 
Yes, you, you just caught on to that, didn't you? <laughs> okay, <laughs> trying to watch the comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shall I introduce you to Einstein back here? Brandon's on a Hi, ten second uh, delay. We need right help, Einy. <laughs> so thank you for those amens on on uh, Facebook Live. Anyway, um, what jumped off the page was he says, "I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling." And and I thought about this. This is Paul the Apostle, the man mm-hmm. who started most of the first century churches in most of the great metropolitan areas of the Roman Empire, AD 52 to AD 75, if you will. Right. You know, churches in Corinth, churches in Thessalonica, churches in Berea, churches in um, Ephesus. All those names in the books of the Bible and the New Testament, those are named after cities where Paul planted churches. Right. Colossae, Ephesus, Philippi, Thessalonica, so on and so forth. Letters going to the church. Yeah. So this is the guy that started all these churches. This is the guy that wrote one-third of the New Testament. This is the guy who will say later in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says this, Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. Right. So this guy, compelled to preach the gospel, he even says, If I don't preach it, may I be woed. Cursed, whatever woe means in the other word, in the other tra- in the other you know text or uh, you know form of speech. There, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. This is a guy who confronted Peter, the apostle, to his face. Peter, who walked on water. Peter, who walked with Jesus. Peter, who proclaimed Jesus on the day of Pentecost. Peter, who was the leader of the early church. And and Paul in Galatians says, I opposed Peter to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. You know, and he's like all oh, like worked up about it. Sure. And he has no problem confronting this very important person in the church. And this is the guy who got stoned and dragged out of Lystra in Acts chapter 14. This is the guy who got back up after he got stoned and dragged out of town, went back into Walked the town, back in, yep. preached the gospel some more to the same people who had just thrown rocks at him and dragged him out, left him for dead. Right. This is the guy who was imprisoned for Christ in Philippi, stoned, whipped, scorned, ridiculed, chased out of everywhere he went. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul the Apostle admits fear. I was scared. Yeah. Who, who, hello. No. <laughs> so I was thinking to myself, like, if he gets scared, we all get scared. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And and I want to talk to anybody on Facebook Live or podcast listeners. You guys are dealing with fear about something in your life. You're dealing with fear about a problem, a trial situation. Maybe you're dealing with fear in your job, in the economy. Maybe you're you know, dealing with fear with all this weather and all these hurricanes or all, all these rallies and all this stuff in America, whatever you're saying, or, or nuclear North Korea, mm. you know, whatever your fear is, um, we're going we're gonna to address that today. And, uh, and I think it's very helpful to me, and I hope it's helpful to you, that this guy, Paul the Apostle, this amazing, strong, missionary, you know, uh, this guy who was Man. Balls to the walls, if you will. <laughs> you know, he was man just, of God. I mean, man of God. Miracles through his through his hands to uh, to people's bodies, and yet he says, "When I came to you, Corinth, I was scared." Yeah. And thank you for admitting that, Paul, because we've all been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about why would he have been scared? There's there's several reasons. If you read the text in Acts chapter 17 and 18, which gives us the context for when he goes to Corinth, he just comes off the heels of preaching in a, in a city called Athens at the Areopagus, which was this very intellectual, philosophical kind of like arena. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to all the philosophers of the day, and they're arguing and disputing all their like ideas of the day. And and he, he says, okay, oh, I'm going to tell you about the unknown God. Right, because yeah. there's a little aisle over statue, here, and you sure. have the statues mm-hmm. as unknown to the unknown God. So the uh, the Athenians had all these 
statues to all these gods and they were like well there might be one we forgot so we'll just put a, a <laughs> statue to butts. the unknown god and we'll say okay now let's just in case pray to that one every once in a while so paul's like all right let me talk about that one mm-hmm. that one that you don't know i know him i met him his name is jesus and you know he's the savior of the world and he's raised from the dead and they were like resurrection from the dead that's ridiculous they start laughing at him they start they start saying what a babbler he is and he preaches the gospel it doesn't go well sure so anybody who's ever tried to share your faith and it doesn't go well welcome to the club yeah you know, if I've ever told you a story where I've shared my faith and it's like gone well, like one in like 25. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting across a guy from a guy who I shared the gospel with and it, worked, it, it went, went well. well. Yeah. It went well that time. Yeah, yeah. there's one in 25 friends. Okay. You know, you got to keep trying even when people reject it because they rejected Paul. They rejected Jesus. Mm-hmm. Is When people get upset that they leave our church because they don't like the message, we're like, why should we be surprised by that? That should be like standard issue to the church. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the reality. It's Remember calm. what Jesus said. What? Four soils. Yeah, four soils. Yeah. One produces fruit, the rest temporary, whatever you want to call it, emotional right. yeah. response to Jesus. Right. So he has this failure at Athens. He goes to Corinth. Maybe he was on the heels of that great failure. Maybe he was like, oh, man, I don't know about this. That could be the case. Yeah. Secondly, he might have been intimidated by Corinthian um, oratory, mm. oratory skills. Corinth was known for its oratory. I said this last week that they believed a message based on how it was said, not necessarily what was being said. Right. And that's a, that's a big deal for some people like you. And this is a big deal in our country. Like people just shout things and the louder they shout, the more we believe it. Right. Loudest person wins. Or the first thing that's said, that's believed. Exactly. The first thing that's said, that's believed. Or, 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 you know, you just say that person's a liar enough. This is like the every four-year political campaign season. Every You say they're a liar and a thief and a swindler and all this stuff enough. And people will say, hey, isn't that the liar, swindler, and thief that was running for president? While never (laughs) looking into it. Well, never actually finding out the facts, you know. Um, so maybe there was great, great speaker intimidation. Maybe it was just the idea like he's from Jerusalem, uh, you know, not from Jerusalem originally, but, you know, he was a Pharisee. He was a, you know, Jewish person, very Jewish person, very tied to the Torah. And maybe he was just thinking, hey, this is the exact opposite of Jerusalem over mm-hmm. here in Corinth where they're worshiping Aphrodite and all this stuff and philosophical wisdom and everything. So maybe he's just thinking, gosh, this is intimidating. And so I just thank God that Paul had the guts to admit in Holy Scripture for church people throughout the ages, he was scared too. Right. Which leads me to point number one. If you're taking if notes. If you're taking notes, write it down. <laughs> if you're not taking notes. <laughs> if you're not taking notes. Take notes. <laughs> so if we're not going to let fear call the shots in our lives, uh, first off, I want you to think about this. Admit, and, and and this is like this is the point, but just come to terms with the fact that fear will always be there. Mm. Good. You're not going to avoid fear. Sure. This is part of the human condition since Adam and Eve sinned. You know what, what happened? They ate the fruit. They were fearful. God shows up. Yeah. They go run and hide. You don't hide if you're not afraid. Right. Mm-hmm. And they even say to God, I was naked and I was afraid and I hid. Mm. So the first, the first consequence of sin was that they saw that they were naked. The second consequence was that they were ashamed of themselves. And the third consequence was fear. Fear. So fear is part of the human condition. Fear is always going to be there. Fear is always going to be there. So if you're in, how does this help me? Because if you're afraid, welcome to the club. If you're afraid, you're not alone. And yep. if you're afraid, welcome to the human reality. Sure. Don't beat yourself up because you're afraid. Don't beat yourself up because you get nervous about whatever you're facing. 
Don't beat your, don't, don't let the devil whisper. And I think this is the devil's number one attack yeah. on people's mind. The number one attack is this. You're the only one. I, I say that all the time too. Yeah. Like, and it's like, it, it, it needs to be repeated because I get that voice from Satan all the time. Sure. Or demons or whatever. You know, you're the only one, Tim. You're the only one that deals with this. You, you're the only one that struggles with this problem. You're the only one that feels this way. No, I'm not. He loves to isolate us. Loves to isolate us. First yeah. Corinthians 10, 13, which is on the slide here. It says, no temptation has overtaken you uh, that is common to man, except that is common to man. Hmm. We've all been there. Yeah. If you've been tempted that way, I got a guarantee from the Bible. Many other people have been tempted that way. That's right. Probably the very people who are preaching against the temptation that you keep falling for are also being tempted that way. Yeah. You know, you ever find out these preachers that are railing against one certain sin, they're the ones doing it. Yeah. <laughs> protest too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Me thinks thou dost protest too much. Because they're the ones that are like guilty about it all the time. So they're always like hammering that one sin. And it's like, hey, Watch out for these guys who, you know, preach about, you know, sexual morality every single week because there's probably some skeletons in that closet. Sure. Um, <laughs> fear will always be there. Paul was afraid. Jesus was afraid. Mm-hmm. So everybody remember this moment in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's going to the cross? And of course, I mean, this is a, this is a trial none of us have experienced. So of course, you know, only Jesus conquered this, this trial, going to the cross, separation from God. Judge for the sins of the world. I'm not comparing our our experiences to Jesus' sure. experiences, but it says that he sweat drops of blood. Mm-hmm. Now, I looked this up. This is an actual medical issue called hematidrosis. Hematidrosis. Hema. Yeah. Here's what it says on the all-knowing Wikipedia page. <laughs> it is a condition in which capillary blood vessels that feed the sweat glands rupture, causing them to exude blood occurring under conditions of what? Extreme physical or emotional stress. Stress, wow. If you've been stressed, Jesus has been there. Yeah. So don't beat yourself up if you're afraid, if you're nervous about how well you're going to do trying to do something. And... Um, or, or, or if you're nervous about like a job interview or you're nervous about that first date or asking that person out or you're nervous about that opportunity at Waters Church to step up and serve. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hello. Turn in your packets. Yeah, if you're, yeah, turn in your packets. <laughs> that's right. That's a great segue. <laughs> Have you turned in your faith in action packets? Here it is right here. And you're going to be afraid. Everybody's afraid. I'm afraid still to this day. When I get up and preach. Yeah. I am. I mean, yeah. I'm not as afraid as I was when I was like 18 and I started preaching at my home church. You know, I should have been much more afraid even than I was back then because of how terrible I was. <laughs> you know? Everybody faces fear. Like Chris, you've been, you've, you've gone through every, almost every step, I think, of Waters Church experience. And I'm sure you can testify to the fact that there was times when you were scared. Oh, definitely. I mean, I was scared the first time I showed up to the church and sat in the back row. That's right. You wanted to leave. I, wa- I And I did shortly after the first couple, of, you know, I'd show up late, I'd yeah. leave early, and I didn't want to talk to anybody. And you weren't a Christian. Oh, definitely not. The f- Yeah, it took me at least uh, a few times before yeah. I raised my hand or uh, accepted the truth. Right. Yep. But the first time I went to a small group, I was afraid. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't a Christian going to a small group. So yeah. showing up to a bunch of, you know, assuming there's going to be a bunch of Christians that know their Bible you know, yeah. up and down. It was intimidating. You're you know? the only one that doesn't yeah. know your Bible. I'm the only one. You're the only loser. Fear. 
<laughs> the voice of Doug. How can I tell if it's the voice of Doug? Because it sounds like this. Every time you hear that. You're the only that one. one. Brandon, same same deal with you? Absolutely. Uh, fear. Um, coming here, I was open-minded just because I was with my mother. But um, there have been times where I would drive to church and then never actually make it past the, pa- the parking lot. Get I would sit in there and then go oh, home. Never make it into the building. Our church? You yeah. sat in the parking lot. I would sit mm-hmm. in the parking lot. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I didn't even, even walking. Yeah. I didn't even know that. So how did you overcome that fear? Uh God breaks you enough where you walk through the doors and then and mm-hmm. then you Good. feel what it's like to be back inside and Amen. then you don't want to leave. Good. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah. I did not know that you sat in the parking lot. That's the point. No one knows. <laughs> See, this is why we have speakers in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> so for all the Brandons out there, just you might be scared to come into the building. I get it. Brandon was there. So just roll down your window. Uh, <laughs> drive through church. Yeah. Nobody rolls down their windows anywhere. Though. No. Push the button. Yeah. Put your windows down and listen because the speakers are out there for you to listen even when um, you're afraid. Okay. So uh, Paul says, I was afraid. What was he afraid of? Well, Acts chapter 18 tells us in verse 9, because this is the one time, second time, where, well, yeah, I guess you could say the one time where Jesus kind of shows up to Paul personally after he has his Damascus Road conversion experience. Okay. Like in all of his travels, this never happens. But on when he's in Corinth in Acts chapter 18, when he's in this particular city, Jesus shows up and says, and the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, do not be afraid. Go on speaking and don't be silent, for I am with you. And then Jesus says, And no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in the city who are my people. And he stayed there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. Wow. And I think he was that scared that Jesus... Yeah, Jesus like, knows. Yeah, and, he, the, and the father was probably like, Hey, hey, son, you know, go down there and just encourage him. He's, he's overwhelmed. <laughs> okay, Dad. You know, <laughs> he comes down. Right on. Hey, Paul, don't worry. I'm here. You know, gotcha. Nobody's going to attack you, and nobody's going to harm you. And I think that... Um, that was his fear, like somebody's going to beat me up. I mean, he'd been beaten up for Christ so many times. After a while, it's like the flinch is the flinch reaction <laughs> comes again. He's reacting. So if you're experiencing fear, you're not the only one. I do. I get scared before this podcast, believe it or not. I really, like a little bit of my heart starts going, oh my gosh, we're on Facebook Live. It is live, yeah. Oh, for the 50 people who are watching. <laughs> like, 900 <laughs> Very people important that we love people. Yes. Yeah. We're here so, for the one. We're here for the one. That's right. And uh, yeah, whenever you're going to do something of significance, I think fear comes standard. Anyway, the th- the second point that I would like to say, we're doing well on time here, by the way. The second thing that I'd like to say is First Corinthians. Uh, sorry, uh, when that fear voice comes in, don't carry on a conversation with it. Mm. Don't have the convo with fear. You won't win. You won't win. Yeah. So usually when you're about to step up to do something significant in your life, whether that's, you know, something professional, something social, something ministry wise, if you're a Christian, something sharing your faith, uh, or again, turning in your packet, yeah, turning in your packet, yeah. uh, serving at Water Church. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to map it out for you. You're going to wake up that morning. You're going to start getting dressed to do whatever you're going to do. And immediately you're going to start having this little voice, this little conversation. Why not call them and cancel? That voice. Yeah. Why not back out? Mm-hmm. Somebody else will do it. Or, you know, some, or you can't really do this. You're not strong. You're not strong enough. Or if you're a Christian, you know you're not really like good. You're not a really good Christian. There's so many other Christians who are so much better than you. Yeah. And how do you know? You don't know that. 
I mean, uh, Christians are, are people who admit that they are failures. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's the rule. That's the only way you become a Christian is to admit you're yeah. a failure. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> um, or this conversation, and I've had this. You, you know that they probably only asked you because they felt bad for you. You know, you ever get that? Like you get, you get offered this opportunity and somebody said, well, they only asked you that because they felt bad for you or they couldn't find anybody else or sure. whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So surely that there's, uh, there's somebody more talented than you that could do this. We never feel good enough. Have you ever felt that? Like about, especially about talent, like that's a big one mm. because we live in this like super saturated, super talented kind of like media culture. That's true. Where you can go on a YouTube right now and you start to like learn the piano. You go into YouTube, you start to say tutorials for learning the piano. Then you see this like master piano player on YouTube in your in your in your office or whatever on your computer, and it's like, oh, why even try? What's the point? <laughs> yeah. And it's usually like a twelve-year-old. Yes, you know? exactly. <laughs> that show, I love hate that show. America's Got Talent. America's Got I Talent. I love it too. Yeah. Oh, I love hate because I'm a musician. Yeah. In my former life, you know, um, before mm-hmm. I really got into being a pastor, but I was a musician. I was a worship leader. I was a drummer, pianist, guitarist. And I watched these six and a half year old kids get up there and sing like Beyonce and dance like Michael Jackson. And, yep. you know, per, and then there's this one girl this year that sings ventriloquist. With the puppet. Oh, yeah. She was on last song. night. Yeah. I, this, yeah. this girl makes me mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are too young to be that talented. Yeah. So, you know, you want to look at these, the world and, and you're so inundated with talent today that that. The whole issue becomes like a stumbling block for you. Well, what if I fail? What if I'm not as good as them? What if there's somebody else better than me? There is. There is, exactly. Good yeah. point, Chris. Somebody better, somebody worse at everything is how there's I look at it. There's always somebody better. There's always somebody better looking than you. Oh, yeah. If you're like in the single, the single uh, life right now, you know, you're dating somebody, you're interested in somebody, but there's somebody that's better looking than you that's also interested in you. Hey, man, don't let that dictate what you do. Mm. Go ask her out for heaven's sakes and pray right before you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Have no fear. Holy Spirit, work on her heart. You know, um, oh, that was a devil voice for that. Yeah, yeah. Don't listen Holy to that Spirit, voice. Work on her voice. No. <laughs> anyway, you know, you're always going to see people who are more talented. I was, like I said, I was a drummer and you're a drummer, Brandon. I am. Yeah. And I was a drummer. And I remember that I used to play for these worship teams and we'd travel around and we'd play in these churches or these camps and these camps, these youth camps. Well, one time there was this Latin. Um, band that was also going to be uh, a musical guest at that one particular camp. And of course, you know, Latin percussionists and drummers. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. White boy got nothing on me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like looking at these guys and I'm just so intimidated. And you know what I actually did? I said, I said to our lead team member, I said, hey, why don't you let him play for us? Because he's better than me. And, and he did. But you know what happened? He, he wasn't as good at, at that music that I was. Right. And I was like, and the lead guy came up to me. He's like, Tim, why'd you, why'd you do that? Because he, he wasn't as good as you in that position. Mm-hmm. And I thought about, that was a great life lesson for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. you might not be as talented in that realm of that kind of thing, but you're talented for where you are. Right. And so trust where God has you. Yeah. And don't worry about. Don't compare. Don't compare. Yeah. This is exactly what Paul's been talking to the Corinthians about. Don't compare who you follow apollos paul cephas jesus we're all one in christ and we all and then they'll get to this later on we all have a part to play in the body of christ so don't worry about the other parts and what you're not worry about who you are and what god has made you to be yeah absolutely yeah flow with that 
By the way, there's an answer to every fear that we have, and the answer is prayer. Yeah. The answer is prayer. Bring it to God. Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. So, and then he says, in everything, in every fear, in every anxiety, in every stress, by prayer and supplication, and with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The easiest thing you can do when you're feeling fearful is pray and say to God, I don't want to mess this up, or I don't want to feel this way, or I don't want to get overcome here by fear, so please help me. Yeah. And then he says, with thanksgiving, you make this request known to God. Yeah. Why do you say, why do you pray about something with thanksgiving? Because you already believe he's going to answer. Amen. Yeah. That's the, the thanksgiving part is the faith part to whatever's stressing you out. Right. Thank you, God, for this opportunity. Rather than getting afraid of the opportunity, thank you, God, for an opportunity that, that causes me to fear a little bit because this must be big. Mm-hmm. True. You know, think about it that way. Yeah, it's a per, uh, perspective. It's a, yeah, you've got an opportunity here to, to do something larger than yourself. And, and, what, and give credit to God. And give, give credit to God. And I thought about there's something worse than... Um, having to face these fearful situations that, that you're like kind of tentative of doing. There's something worse. What's that? Not doing it. There you go. Yeah. It's worse. Yeah. And because if you don't do it, you'll always regret not doing it. And still have that fear. And then the second thing is, yeah. And second thing is you'll be inactive mm. rather than active. And how many know it's not in the Bible, but it should be <laughs> idle hands are the devil's playground. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Idle hands are the devil's. So, you know, when you're not doing something that causes you to um, have to pray, mm-hmm. well, you're probably taking it way too easy in life. Step up and step out and step into something that causes you to say, God, please show up. <laughs> Hashtag turn in your packet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, the Bible says that in 2 Samuel chapter 11, that there was a time in the springtime when kings usually went out to war or went out to battle, um, David. Uh, stayed at home and, and sent his generals hmm. in his stead. And it was in that chapter yeah, I know he where you're sees going. Bathsheba that's it. bathing on the, on the rooftop there and, uh, and then starts to fornicate with her, commit adultery, leads to one thing, killing her husband. His whole kingdom is shaken right. to its core, and it all started with inactivity. Right. Hello, somebody. If you're not active for the kingdom of God, you will possibly destroy yourself. At least be tempted. At yeah, least yeah. you put yourself in these tempting situations. You wouldn't have been if you had been active. Right. Stay busy. I mean, one of the things that keeps me accountable to the kingdom and to the purposes of God is that I have to get up and preach every week. Right. Mm-hmm. You it's know, true. there's a saying amongst pastors, um, uh, Sunday is always coming. Right. You know, like you get done, even if you preach a really great message and you feel like, oh, yes, the I next preached one's really well. <laughs> next week is coming. Yes. And, and, you know, you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready for God to speak to you, for God to use you once again. And those of you who are not yet stepping up and stepping out and doing something that causes you a little bit of, oh, my gosh. A little fear. Start now mm. to do it and press through stop letting fear call the shots in your life we got a little song here last week it was you can call me al this week little florence and the machines everybody 
<laughs> it's hard to dance with the devil on your back. And he can't get on a back that is busy for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That, was, that was good that preaching was right there. You guys missed it. Play that back. <laughs> it's coming down from the song still. How do, you, how, do you <laughs> shit, how do you get the devil on your back? Because you're so stinking still, he can just jump up on there. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. You're inactive. <laughs> get involved in the kingdom of God. It is the most important movement in the history of humanity. It is the only movement that the Son of God started. It has a guaranteed success story in that... Jesus will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I've read the end of Revelation. We win. Amen. Yep. Man. Yeah. Just just start. Start doing something. It, it did so much to me. The first thing I did was sign up to uh, work in the parking lot and it just started to grow me closer to God. Mm. I started to meet people and it took away that fear of either entering the building and mm -hmm. started to feel like I belong too. Yeah. So I just recommend anybody, if you're not doing anything, do something. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's a good point too, Chris. You don't really feel like you belong until you start doing it. It's right. so true. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to know people and mm -hmm. talk to people and you feel like, wow, camaraderie, team. We talked about this, I think, in week one. You're made for community. You cannot do right. Christianity without community. So mm -hmm. Sitting in your car listening to Hillsong. That's right. <laughs> Paul goes into Corinth with fear. And I was with you in weakness and fear and, my, and much trembling in my speech. Verse 4, he says, And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, so he's still taking on this idol of intellect here. But in a in demonstration of the Spirit, capital S, meaning Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and of power. And I love what he says here. He says, I came in spite of my fear. I stepped out in spite of my fear. I went into your intimidating city in spite of my fear. And guess what happened? The Holy Spirit stepped up. Amen. Amen. So the third point is, is basically that when you step up, the Holy Spirit rises up. Mm. And there are two leaps that very few Christians make in life. The first leap is to do something that you don't feel qualified to do. Right. Yeah. If you um, are always, you know, waiting until you are qualified or you feel qualified or you feel ready, you haven't read your Bible because no one felt ready. No. You know, no one felt totally ready. Gideon didn't feel ready. Moses argues with God to the point where God gets ticked off. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, the Bible says in, in, in Exodus 3 that God and Moses have this two-chapter back and forth thing. And Moses is like, send someone else. I can't do it. I have a hard time speaking. And the Bible ends that passage with the anger of the Lord flares up against Moses. And I'm like, God is ticked at Moses yeah. for saying he's not ready. Of course not. You're not going to be ready. I'm enough, Moses. Just go. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, so fine. If you can't speak, have Aaron speak for you. And the funny thing is about that story is that Moses is like, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. All right. I can't speak, so I'll have Aaron speak for me. Thank you, God. That's a good idea. Okay. And then he steps into Pharaoh's court and he's like, step aside, Aaron. Let my people go. <laughs> you know? I got this one. I got this one. You know, I have shaken it off. <laughs> But anyway, um, he's, he steps up and the Holy Spirit rises up. And that's the way it works to this day. The Holy Spirit is waiting for you to step up to do something that you don't feel qualified to do. That's the first great leap that Christians, many Christians never make. Mm. Many Christians just think, oh, being a Christian is about going to church, believing the right things. And when you die, they have a nice funeral for you and you go to heaven. No. Being a Christian is about being active today in what God is doing in the world. Yeah. Amazing things that God is doing in the world. Being ready to lay hands on sick people and see them recover. Mm. Yeah. You know, casting out demons, 
praying over your family, praying for the power of God to be manifested in your life, in your family, in your relationships, in your neighborhoods. I mean, if you're not part of the kingdom of God, you're missing out on all these beautiful things that God can do through you. It's true. And in you. And um, and so he says this, uh, I, I just like it in, in verse four, uh, the NLT version. He says, rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So when you step up, the Holy Spirit will step in. The Holy Spirit will rise up. Jesus taught this, by the way. Mark chapter 13, verse 11, he says to the disciples, when you are arrested and stand trial, don't worry. <laughs> I just love it, Jesus like, yeah, you will Yeah, be. you know, when everybody's like wanting to kill you, don't worry, you're gonna be fine. In advance about what to say, just say what God tells you at that time, for it is not you who will be speaking, but it will be the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that's so important. The Holy Spirit will step up when you step, the Holy Spirit will step in when you step up. And, uh, and that's a promise from Jesus. It's a promise. Yeah. It's a promise from Jesus. Didn't he say this is what the Holy Spirit is for? The Holy Spirit, verse four, uh, 26 of John 14, the helper, the Holy Spirit, right. whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. He will bring to rem- remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give, not as the world gives. Not fear. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. How? The Holy Spirit, the helper, he's there. Mm. Yeah. Christian, when you're afraid, you say, Holy Spirit, take control. That's it. You know? Holy Spirit, take the wheel, and he will help you. Or sing it, yeah. Yeah, or sing it. Yeah, maybe sing it a little bit better than that, though. <laughs> um, when, we st- when we step up, the Holy Spirit rises up. Take it to the bank. Amen. We, I, I press through fear every single week that I stand before you, Water Church. I press through fear every time I'm with somebody that doesn't know Jesus and I want to say something about Jesus. you got to press. I don't always press through fear in those moments, and I regret them. But you've got to press through these moments where you feel intimidated and you feel inadequate and you feel, you know, like you're not the right one. That's okay. You're you may not be the right one. Jesus is the right one. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, the hope of glory, Christ in you. And he'll use you if you let him. Any questions on the Facebook Live moment? Not no. Everyone's just really supportive and Good. agreeing with everything that you're you're saying. I must I must be answering all your questions. As you're going along. As right. I go along. <laughs> um so the one thing to uh, to remember too about the Holy Spirit, you know, he he's made for overwhelming circumstances. Right. It's when he usually shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so here's a classic thing. I come from a Pentecostal background and Pentecostals classically go, I want to feel the Holy Spirit. I want to feel him. You know, shake shake at the altar when I feel the Holy Spirit. That must be the Holy Spirit. There he is right there. I feel the Holy Spirit goosebumps. Okay, the Holy Spirit is not interested in in just making you feel the Holy Spirit. Mm. He shows up when life and problems step up their game against you. It's true. And he shows up when you put yourself out there into mm-hmm. something that's terrifying to you. Yeah. Right, yeah. If you want to feel more of the Holy Spirit, step out more in the purposes and plan of God. Yeah, amen. That's when you're going to feel the Holy Spirit. I'll prove it to you from the Bible. I'll prove it to you. There's a guy in the, in the first century church named Stephen. Mm-hmm. He's one of the first deacons. Right. And they, they, they handpicked this guy because he's full of the Holy Spirit. Right. And he's a waiter on tables. He's handing food to widows. Basically, That's yeah. his job. Well, they start, like the unbelievers in the town start arguing with him because he's a Christian as well. You know, not just a waiter at, uh, at tables at, at, the, at the church buffet. He's also a Christian in the town. So they start arguing with him. Mm-hmm. The religious leaders start coming at him. And he starts arguing back in the power of the Holy Spirit. And they can't, they can't like, 
reason with them. They can't win the argument because sure. that's what the Holy Spirit He's does. Filled with the Spirit. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so then it says that he just unloads this amazing sermon in Acts chapter 7. A waiter. Uh, yeah, a waiter. A waiter. Yeah. A Holy Spirit waiter. <laughs> uh, just starts unloading this message of the Old Testament and how God has always been doing something and the religious people have always rejected it and you've always been tied to your traditions and this is what's your problem and you've always persecuted the prophets and he goes off. Mm. The most beautiful, powerful sermon in the book of Acts, probably outside of Acts chapter 2. And, and at the end of it, I love this, the last couple of verses of Acts chapter 7, it says, Now when they heard these things, these are his opponents, they were enraged, right. and they ground their teeth at him. Lovely descriptive like terminology. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just see like, you know, wily e. Coyote there, you know, with a Tweety Bird or whatever. And, and it's just like they're angry, and they're enraged. Mm -hmm. And then what? But he, full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Yeah. When, question, was Stephen fullest of the Holy Spirit when the most opposition was coming at him? Right. Mm -hmm. Christian, this is your promise. In those tense times, in those troubling times, if life is turning up the heat higher than it ever has been before in your life, mm -hmm. now expect the Holy Spirit. Now. And pray for it. And pray yeah. for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. You can't expect it if you don't ask for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so ask for it and expect the Holy Spirit to rise up within you. And and so this is what I would say to, to those of you, too, with serving at Waters Church. How about those of you on the fence about baptism? Yeah. And I talked to a guy a couple of weeks ago. Your wife got baptized a couple of weeks ago, and you were like, yeah, well, she did. And you're saved, and you came to Christ. Time for you to step up and be a man in that house and get baptized. As I like to say to all the men, grow a spiritual pair mm -hmm. and get baptized and, and be the man that she needs you to be, which is a man who's not afraid to tell other people, I love Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm. I'm a saved man. I love God. I'm so happy about what he's done in my life. So, I mean, so, anyway, you're on the fence about baptism. You're on the fence about serving in church. You're on the fence about sharing your faith with that neighbor. You're on the fence about whatever challenge that life has presented you're on the fence of that opportunity that the you're on the, the the fence of that that new position or that new class or that new school all you teens that went to college just now and you're like on the fence about should i be holy spirit this is when i need you right now yeah. i feel like so and i'm saying as soon as you step up the holy spirit rises up some of you will never experience more of the holy spirit until you step up remember jesus said you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you acts 1 8 and you will be my witnesses you will be my witnesses the holy spirit is coming to make you witnesses mm -hmm. and in jerusalem judea samaria places that you're not familiar with and to the end and that passage has come true today because we're sitting here in North Attleboro, Massachusetts because of that. Mm -hmm. And then finally he says in verse 5, so that, and so he says, look, I, I set aside wisdom, I set aside plausible speech, I set aside persuasive speech, I set aside all the natural things that I thought would give me an advantage with you, Corinthians, and I relied only on the Holy Spirit, and, on a, and in verse 5 he says, so that. And, you know, I always say this on the weekend, and you've heard me say this, but underline the so that's in your Bible. Mm-hmm. Underline them because they're all over the place. Right. Because they're connective words between this was done so that that would be done. Right. So he says, okay, I relied on the Holy Spirit so that there's a purpose for it, so that your faith might not be the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Mm. And so here's what I thought about. 
This is why it's so important for you to not let fear call the shots in your life. Here's why. Because someone is waiting for you to step up. Amen. Someone. Think about this. If Paul had let fear call the shots in going to Corinth, he never would have gone. Right. He never would have gone to Corinth, never would have shared the gospel. And guess what we wouldn't have to this day? First and second Corinthians. Two great letters. Two of the most important letters in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. One of which, by the way, we hear at every stinking wedding. (laughs) Love is. In the history of humanity. Except the atheist weddings. <laughs> you know, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast. Da, 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 da. That comes from 1 Corinthians. Yeah. We would not have that passage if Paul had not let, if Paul had let fear call the shots in his life. And I think about this. Who is on the other side of your mountain of fear? That's good. Who's yeah. waiting for you yeah. to climb up, get the Holy Spirit, and come running down to them to say, Jesus is alive so step up so that somebody else can come to know christ step up so somebody else can come to know christ exactly mm-hmm. that's right because somebody stepped up for you amen and paul stepped up for all for all of us so three big ideas and then we're done number one fear will always be there three big ideas fear number one will usually be there you're not alone mm-hmm. don't let the devil tell you you're alone in fear second don't have a conversation with fear so when that little conversation hey you're not you know you're not right for this uh they should choose somebody else call and cancel why not take the week off? Don't talk back. Just say, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. Mm. Shut up. Sit down and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you step up, number three, the Holy Spirit steps in. We have a question. We do, uh, from Tracy. Uh, she asks, can you be rebaptized? I was baptized a few years ago, went through a horrendous dark period, and the thought of being baptized again always crosses my mind. So I actually answered this question over the weekend, um, and I get it a lot in the baptism class. A lot of people think that God has added to their testimony, and therefore they'd like to get baptized mm. again. I want to let you know that God will be adding to your testimony your whole life. That's your right. testimony yeah. is going to grow. Washing, you know, getting baptized, washing away your sins, it, it's not something that's needed to be repeated. Baptism is simply a reaction to getting saved. It's an act that we're doing in obedience of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So there's no need to get re-baptized. Um, if you've been baptized, if it was your decision to get baptized, there's no need to do it again. Yeah, there's one baptism. Even right. the Bible says that. There's one baptism in the water, and so it's okay. You've been baptized. You don't have to get rebaptized. baptized Right. Uh, g- good question, though. Thank you for questions. All questions are really helpful to me i love to hear your questions and i'm not afraid of them and we want to help you that's what this podcast is for amen anyway i hope this has helped you to (laughs) all right shake out that devil shake out that fear climb up that mountain and be there filled with the holy spirit who will show up when you get to the top of that mountain who will show up when you start climbing that mountain and he will be with you every step of the way and on the other side of that mountain of fear is somebody who needs you. Another question. I've got sorry, two I was questions. Just about so, to close this out. All right. So one from Hannah. <laughs> um, she asks, what if you were baptized as a baby? So I'd, I'd imagine within the first or within the first year. Yeah, I would say get baptized because yeah. that was your mom and dad's decision. Right. That was not right. your right. decision. Choice. But we also say you can tell your, you know, it's usually of the Catholic faith. You can mm-hmm. tell them that you're honoring their decision to 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 put you aside to the Lord by making that decision yourself. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And I also say God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children. That's right. You know, so uh, make that decision for yourself. Yeah. And let me just counsel you too. When you talk to your parents about this baptism moment, mm. 
the way you phrase it is so important. Please do not tell your parents, that baptism that you gave me was so stupid. No, it wasn't. They were hoping and praying and trusting that you would follow God. Right. And so you are following God. And what you should rather say is, hey, mom and dad, I'm getting wrapped, I'm getting baptized as an adult in this church. I'm so thankful for the way you raised me as Christians. Or, you know, I'm so thankful for, you know, that hope that you had when I was a baby is now being fulfilled. I'm, right. I'm following yeah. Jesus. And you're yeah. honoring their decision. Yeah. And it's similar to the baby dedications that we do here. At yeah, church. it is very similar. That's right. So I, I said that like a couple of weeks ago, I don't care about your baptism theology. I don't care. I just love Jesus. Right. You yeah. know, so yeah. let's not, let's not uh, point fingers at other Christian traditions and say, hey, shame on you. You're, right. You're stupid. No, uh, we are partners with uh, each other in telling others that Jesus is the way. Amen. Yeah. Um, and then the second question here was from Stephanie. How do you know when God is talking to you? And uh, I'm assuming she meant it's not you pushing your own agenda. Mm. Okay. Well, Stephanie. Yes. You will always be pushing your own agenda. Uh, <laughs> the flesh is the flesh and the flesh will always be there. Sometimes, many times I get up to preach because I like to preach. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Even in the uh, staff meetings here, I would just go off on a rant. <laughs> you guys are always like, here he goes again. Um, I, like to, I like to rant and I like to preach. I mean, so my flesh is always part of the, um, the process by which God uses me. That's, that's um, part and parcel of being human. You're never going to totally in- eliminate your little selfish ambition. And Paul even says in Philippians... He says, hey, some people preach Christ out of selfish ambition and jealous rivalry. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't care. As long as they're preaching Christ, I don't care. Sure. So uh, here's how I would just do a couple tests. Is what you're doing um, going to make Jesus glorified? Mm. Or is it only for your own glorification? Mm, right. Yeah. Then, then you've got a problem there. Uh, is what you're doing for the sake of others mm-hmm. so that they will be benefited from this? You know, because if it's just for your sake, well, you're just loving yourself. And of course, we always do things for our own sake, but you should do things. You should eat and you should drink water to live so that you can bring glory to God. That's for your own sake. I get that. But what, what you're thinking about, okay, is this God? There's a real easy test for if it's God. Does it line up with his word? There you go. Um, and secondly, if you, if you don't know if it lines up with his word, well, come talk to one of our elders or small group leaders. They should be well equipped to answer that question for you. And always look for agreement from people who are leaders in your church. Look for agreement from people who are designated, please pay attention to this, designated by the church to be leaders. Don't go ask somebody who's a self-proclaimed prophet yeah. mm-hmm. of God that lives down the street with the oversized Toyota truck tires. <laughs> it's probably a Nazi. the fish on the back, yeah. <laughs> Very specific. I think uh, you might know someone. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. Uh, this is all the questions. Oh, thank you for those questions. I love questions. We are so thankful for all well, of you. Oh, one more another. just came in. Hot in this podcast. Okay, here we go. What do we got? Uh, what about when you want to scream and cry, and, mm. but you're not mad? You feel something but feel different in life, but you're happy... Um, how you feel more. Okay. Uh, I think I'm hearing that you, um, you're just frustrated. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Your feelings are always going to be there. Right. Read the Psalms. There are feelings all over the place. Uh, David, you know, in one Psalm, he's like, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The, the very previous Psalm, he's like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right. Yeah. So he's, he's this emotional basket case uh, through all the Psalms. And that's normal and natural. You're human. And if you need to complain and shout, well, shout to God, complain to God. Yeah. There's a passage in, I think, Psalm 66. I'm not sure if it's that one, but he says, hear my complaint, O Lord. And then he gives God his complaint. Sure. So, you know, that's okay. God's not, and by the way, God's not going to be like, oh, 
I never knew you felt that way. Yeah, can't surprise God. I can't no, believe you can't. it. No. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fine. Totally fine. Let him let him know how you feel. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Bring it to God. Ladies and gentlemen. Shake it out. Shake out that fear. Do something for Jesus. Step up. The Holy Spirit will step in. This was the deep end. Thanks for joining us for this week's Deep End Podcast. We pray that you continue to grow in your faith and that you would serve and support your local church. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us this weekend at Waters Church. We are located at 57 John Deach Square in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. And you can join us every Saturday at 4 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Make sure to stay tuned in for next week's episode of The Deep End Podcast.